0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We make excuses. Uh,
1: I, I need to do this first. I need to do that. I, you know, I'm not quite ready yet. No, I, I hear your voice. You're speaking to me. You're calling me. I hear you knocking. But I, I just... I've already sort of got this thing going and I,
0: I I don't want to just, you know, it's an interruption. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Song of Songs. Making excuses is something we all do. You ever ask yourself why? There's no good time to respond to the call of Jesus than now. The urgency of seeking after God is what Pastor J.D. speaks about in his message today. Don't let inconvenience steal from you Jesus' love and abundance for your life. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Song of Songs, Chapter 5, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Find ourselves in the Song of Solomon, Chapter 5. We finished Chapter 4. All right, let's get into the word Song of Solomon, Chapter 5. So here in Chapter 5, we find the newlywed wife sort of sleeping in. And it's the morning after the wedding night, which was what chapter four was about. And it seems that this newlywed wife has missed her husband who was knocking on the door. And she doesn't open the door right away. She does open the door, but she doesn't open it right away. And then when she does, she realizes that she's too late. And he's not there. As I sought the Lord concerning how it is that I should teach this chapter, I sensed that he would have me to talk about how that Jesus is at the door. And I say this in the sense, really two ways, in a twofold way. First, not only is Jesus at the door, as it relates to the rapture of the church, which, by the way, we're going to be talking about, Lord willing, in the prophecy update on Sunday, just how close we really are. I know you're looking at me like, Pastor J.D., you say that every week. What's so special about this week? Oh, it's it's really close now. <laughs> it's it's uh, very interesting, some things that uh, happened just this week, and uh, some things that are Uh, certainly on the horizon. And if you're a believer in and follower of Jesus Christ, it is absolutely exciting, right? If you're not, in all fairness, it's understandably so. It's not exciting, it's terrifying, and rightfully so, and it should be, because with everything that's happening and with what's coming, Certainly it is an indication of just how close we are to the sound of the trumpet. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Uh, I, don't, I never tire of saying it. I hope you don't tire of me saying it. But the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ is not only at the door, it can happen at any time now. It can happen at any time now, sooner than any of us could even begin to imagine. That's how close we are with everything that's happening. Well, we're going to see that in this chapter, but also in a second way, twofold way. So too is Jesus at the door of our Christian lives, as it were. And by that I mean that He's knocking on the door of our Christian lives, seeking to come in, as we read in Revelation, which by the way, It is believed that the Revelation 3, I think it's verse 22, in the letter to the church of Laodicea, the seventh of seven churches, there in the book of Revelation, when Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if you will open up, I will come in and sup with you, and you with me. It is believed that that is actually a reference to this chapter here, in the book of the Song of Solomon. Now, why do I mention that? Because the book of Revelation, um, it's thought, this is is really quite fascinating, but the book of Revelation, over 90% of it is a verbatim reference to the Old Testament. And there's a reason for that, because it was written at a time, it's believed about the year 95 AD, and the persecution, of the church at that time was unspeakable, unthinkable. And so it was written in a way that only they would understand, because they had the Old Testament Scriptures, and they could sort of connect those dots. So there's a reference to the seven spirits of God. Well that is a reference from Isaiah, the sevenfold spirit the work of the Spirit in a sevenfold way. Now, somebody getting that letter that was written to that church at that time, they're going to read that and go, it's this about, that's the point. Then it gets to the church that it was intended for, and they read it, and they're like light bulbs going off. So when the church of Laodicea, a physical, literal church, receives that letter, and they read that Jesus is standing at the door and knocking, they would have connected the dots with this book, The Song of Solomon, as we're going to see here. So what I want to do, and I'll do my best, and I uh, appreciate your patience with me. I I spend some time in prayer and preparation, just ask the Lord to, to help me teach in a way that is, um, you know, rightly dividing the Word of God in such a way that it's easy to understand, and certainly by way of application. I really want to make the personal application from this chapter as it relates to Jesus being at the door in this twofold way. So we're going to jump in. Now verse 1 is actually a spilling over from the previous chapter. I believe it is still the night of the wedding, the wedding night, where they've consummated and celebrated the wedding. And then as was the custom at that time, the bridegroom would come out to the wedding party, the wedding guests at the wedding feast. And this is what I believe verse 1 is referring to. It says, I have come to my garden, my sister, my spouse, I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. (sighs) Ooh, sorry. (laughs) Eat, O friends. Drink, yes, drink deeply, O beloved ones. Again, I think that he is speaking now at the end of that seven period of completion, consummation of the marriage together, the union. And then he says to the wedding guests there at the wedding feast to eat and drink and celebrate. Now verse 2, we turn this corner and we read, I sleep, but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved. He knocks, saying, Open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. Interesting. So here her beloved, her newlywed husband is knocking on the door, and it seems that neither the sound of his voice, nor the love in his words were enough for her to get up and open the door immediately. We're going to see in the next verse that she does again open the door, but it doesn't seem like that, and we're going to see this in the next verse as well, that there wasn't really a lot of urgency. So here's what I'm thinking. Isn't this true in our lives as Christians? The Lord's knocking on the door of our lives. Well, we hear His voice, He's speaking. The Lord is always speaking. The sound of His voice. It's always there. That's not the question. The question is, do we hear it? And if we answer, yes, I hear His voice. We hear His words, then the next question becomes, are you going to take action now? Oh, I will no hurry, no worry, there's no rush, there's no urgency. Just with the sound of his voice, or even the love in his words, and his words are always loving towards us. We're going to talk about that at the conclusion of the chapter. So verse 3, her response to his knocking at the door and hearing the sound of his voice, she says, I have taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? I have washed my feet. How can I defile them? Wow, where I come from, they, they call that making excuses. Probably know where I'm going with this, so I'll just get right to the point. Don't we do that? We make excuses. Uh, I, I need to do this first. I need to do that. I, you know, I'm not quite ready yet. No, I, I hear your voice. You're speaking to me. You're calling me. I hear you knocking, but I, I just, I've already sort of got this thing going, and I've, I don't want to just, you know, it's an interruption. It's an interruption. And this is what we're going to see here, verse 4. My beloved put his hand by the latch of the door, and my heart yearned for him. I arose, verse 5, to open for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock. Oh, so I have a question. Why didn't she just jump up and open the door the first time? Why did she delay? Why did she wait? I have a couple of thoughts here, and by way of application, I think it's apropos to our Christian lives. It's an inconvenience. Um, We're caught off guard. We weren't ready. And so when the knock comes, and then by the time we get up to respond to the Lord, it's too late. And that's what we're going to see next here in verse five, uh, verse six, pardon me. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart leaped up when he spoke, I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. To me this speaks to the importance of seeking the Lord while he may be found, and calling upon him while he is near. This is Isaiah 55 verse 6. It's really quite chilling, but When God destroyed the world with the flood, He declares that He will not strive with the spirit of man forever. There comes a time when God just says, okay, and the knocking stops. The voice ceases and no longer can He be found and no longer is he near. I think if you were to put a word as a caption under everything we've seen in these first six verses, it would be this word. And again, very apropos in the context of what we're looking at here. The word is urgency. Urgency. There's no urgency. There's no, for lack of a better way of saying it, there's no now. There's no now in my relationship with the Lord. No, now, not later. We procrastinate, don't we, when it comes to the things of God. It's, yeah, you know, I need to get this established first. I think once I am more, you know, stable, then I'll fully commit to the Lord. Well, how do you know that? I would venture to say that in my own personal experience over the years walking with the Lord, I've never seen it work like that. I've never seen it work like this where someone says, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to devote my life to the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to serve the Lord, but I need to do this first. And then when I'm, I'm more established, I'm, I'm more steady, I'm more ready, I'm more able, then I'll serve the Lord. You know what? Then never comes. No, serve Him now. Now, not tomorrow. Now's the time. Verse 7, and you'll have to (laughs) be patient with me on this one. I think you'll see why here in a moment. So now He's gone. She's opened the door. Where is He? Need to go find Him. Verse 7, the watchmen who went about the city found me. They struck me. What? They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took my veil away from me. I have to confess that this verse is just a little bit convicting as it relates to watchmen. Watchmen being and doing more harm than good, as it seems is the case here. Now, we're not told specifically, and, and certainly we can speculate as to what they did to her, as she's seeking the Lord. These are the watchmen now. You know what the watchmen are, right? They're guarding the city, they're watchmen on the wall, and they're to sound the alarm and blow the trumpet, if there's any threat of harm by an enemy approaching the city. So she goes out into the city streets looking for her husband, and she comes upon the watchmen. Of course, she's going to come upon them. And instead of helping her, they hurt her. You know, this is one of those verses where I think we would do well to Ask the Lord, why is this here? What is it that you want me to see here? We know that all Scripture is God breathed for a purpose, whether it's instruction or re- 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 rebuke. We don't like the rebuke part, we like the <laughs> the other parts. But certainly this is here for a reason. And the Holy Spirit deemed it necessary to include this part of the song here in this chapter. So why is it here? I am personally of the belief that it is an indictment on those watchmen, modern day, who for whatever reason are a hindrance to God's people in seeking the Lord. We don't know what it is that they took away from her the the veil, What veil? Obviously, it was an article of clothing that she was wearing, and they took it from her. Could that be representative of watchmen taking away something from those who are seeking the Lord, longing for the return of the Lord? I think watchmen have to be oh so careful, and this is why it's so convicting to me personally, that we are a help to God's people, that we don't hurt or wound God's people. I wonder, was she disappointed? I mean, this is the watchman after all. They're supposed to, I know this is deeply profound, but don't watchmen watch? They're watchmen, so they watch. And so certainly they're they're watching, and certainly in their watching, they would have seen where he went. And instead of pointing them to Jesus, they rebuke them? Is that what happened here? Very possibly. I think watchmen can be, and again I appreciate your patience with me on this. I I take this very seriously, this verse, but I think watchmen do err greatly when they become the ones that the people go to. All we're to do is to point them to Jesus, to sound the alarm, as watchmen on the wall, that Jesus is coming. That's all we're to do. It's something the last, I want to say about two, three months now, the Lord very clearly has ministered to me. It's very simple. It's get Jesus to the people, and get the people to Jesus and here's that word, now, now, now's the time, because we're almost out of time. It's like the Lord, and I remember it was as clear as day for me, where the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, I want you to get them to me. I'll take her from there. Okay, that's pretty easy. That's simple enough. Just get them to you, right? Yeah, just get them to me. And I'll take it from there. Get Jesus to the people, and get the people to Jesus. That's it. And by the way, don't put it off. Do it now. Every week, when I give you that privilege to stand behind this pulpit, and preach and teach as a watchman, especially teaching Bible prophecy, don't... um, Oh, how do I say this without, I'll just say, don't get in my way. And don't get in their way coming to me. Because watchmen can do that. Where well, all of a sudden it's it's them, the watchmen. And now all of a sudden, and you'll forgive me. But now all of a sudden it's, what does so-and-so say? I hope this doesn't sound bad, but for lack of a better way of saying it, who cares what they say? But, well, I wonder, what, I wonder what J.D. is going to say about this. Don't do that! Stop that! It doesn't matter what I have to say. The only thing that matters is, what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say?
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as we learn from Song of Songs together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that love is a gift. It's meant to be passionate, and it's meant to help us grow more in love with the Lord. We encourage you to read through Song of Songs to see the parallels in the relationship depicted and the love that God has for you. Though it may feel uncomfortable at first, love is not something to be embarrassed by. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible, and maybe you even attend a church. But have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not... Today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit in radio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be part of a church. If you're ever in the Kaneohe area, we would love to have you join our church family. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth.
1: La la la